0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the podcast, Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. That song can only mean one thing. Brass Bonanza means hockey in Connecticut. We are going to be talking with the radio voice of UConn men's hockey, Bob Joyce, on the podcast this week. Before we get to Bob, I'd like to thank my guests last week, uh, members of the Kalamazoo Kings minor league baseball team. We had a reunion episode last week in which I visited with uh, some of the ball players from that team back in 2009. That was great fun. And I want to thank uh, the gentlemen who were involved in that podcast. And if you haven't uh, listened to it yet, great stuff. Um, I encourage you to... Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. You can get to it through Apple and Spotify and pretty much anywhere else that podcasts are heard. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, we're moving toward uh, the Christmas season now. More hockey to be played between uh, now and Christmas. Uh, the Merrimack Warriors will be playing the Yukon Huskies. This weekend, it'll be a two-game series. It's going to take place Friday night at Lotto Rink in North Andover, the opening game. And then Saturday afternoon, back at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut. They're joining me, as I mentioned, the uh, radio voice, we've had him on before, of UConn Hockey, Bob Joyce. Bob, great to uh, talk with you, and uh, I hope your Thanksgiving was great.
1: Uneventful, John, but the best kind, yeah. Spent it with uh, friends and family. Hope you did the same, and uh, yeah. Welcome to November and December as we as we wrap up 2021 and get ready for a new year.
0: Absolutely, Bob. I know you're busy juggling a lot of sports down there at UConn and uh, I appreciate you having the time to, to be with us today and, and I'd like to talk to you about uh, UConn hockey and a few other things uh, while I have you here and I should start by letting you know that uh, I wanted to thank you for helping me get Chuck Caton on the podcast. I had him on a couple of months ago and boy what a great visit it was. Uh, your name came up in the conversation and we had some great memories with Chuck and hockey in Connecticut will always be special. And, uh, you know, Chuck being here was, was awesome and you as well. And and I want to thank you for helping me get that set up.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. I actually listened to it. It was great to hear Cecil's voice and bring back all those great memories that he had here in Hartford.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, um, Bob, let's talk a little bit about this yes, UConn club. Uh, Huskies are eight and six on the season. Uh, they're, they are winners of each of their last two. They had a convincing win over Colgate at the XL Center uh, this past Saturday, a six to one win. And uh, I, I want to talk you know, about uh, some of the players that have uh, made the Huskies successful. But let me start with uh, your general observations on this UConn team. What have you seen from them so far? And what do you like about them?
1: Well, honestly, I think they've underachieved just a little bit. Um, I thought they'd be better through uh, the first 14 games of the season, and that's still to be determined over the course of the next two weeks when they play Merrimack and then AIC to close out the fall portion of the schedule before they get get that uh, time off until January 2nd. But I, I, I've seen a lot of good things from this team. The penalty killing is certainly much better than it's been in past years. The power play continues to struggle. Uh, this team has a lot of depth up front. Uh, Mike Cavanaugh really doesn't consider his four lines, uh, lines one through four. He just rolls out four lines and they are what they are. Uh, some of the pleasant surprises, uh, Ryan Torberg, young man out of Toronto, their leading scorer with nine goals and seven assists so far in 14 games. He's off to an electric start. He might be the fastest skater that UConn has. He's a plus seven. Uh, Mark Gatcomb, senior has uh, played on the first line with uh, Johnny Evans and Yakim Konolik a good chunk of the season. I know they've moved some lines around recently, but he's been uh, just a monster on the boards with a good four-checker, which he's always been, but now he's getting just reward for his hard work by scoring goals and getting assists. Yakim Konolik has not been any different than he's been in his first three seasons in a UConn uniform, and uh, the freshman Hudson Shandor is off to a really good start. He just scored his first goal on Saturday against Colgate, but he has been a staunch uh, 200-foot player on both ends. Nine assists on the season. Vladisov, first off, just starting to get going. Uh, The one downside, and I'm a little shocked by his lack of production, but it's not for lack of offense. Johnny Evans leads the team with 44 shots, but uh, unlike last season when he was a scoring champ in Hockey East, only two goals and four assists so far. He's missed the last two games because he's in concussion protocol. He suffered a concussion in the first of the two games against Lowell last weekend. But um, all in all, I think big picture, probably a little under where they should be. I thought it may be maybe like uh, through 14 games, maybe 10-4, and 11-5, as opposed to eight and six up until Saturday, the three games between uh, Sa- them and Sacred Heart, the three Hockey East games against BU, BC, and Lowell, were all two-one games. Unfortunately, two of them <laughs> were in in the Boston schools' uh, direction, but uh, I think they've been okay. And I think uh, a nice surprise has been the goaltending of Darian Hansen. such a calming influence for a, for a veteran goaltender transfer from Union, who uh, wasn't even in the portal. Six hours when Joe Pereira gave him a call and said, hey, uh, with Tomas Romagica potentially leaving after his junior year, there might be a spot open for you. And he's been the workhorse, and he's been really good in net for them. Very calming, smart, knows when to cover the puck up, uh, doesn't give up many rebounds, but he's he's been solid. So I guess eight and six is where they are. I mean, it is what it is, but I thought they'd be a little better at this point.
0: Well, you mentioned Hanson, and I'd like to touch on him again. You know, he's played every minute in goal for UConn, so uh, that shows you the confidence that uh, Coach Kavanaugh has, and, you know, you can't beat that veteran uh, leadership in goal, and, and it really looks like he's been a stabilizing force for you. And, and you know, let's face it, Vomajka, those are some big shoes to fill.
1: Yeah, I think he's a little better in some in some areas that Tomaj was. I mean, he he's he's just a – being a veteran guy he just brings that calming influence positive guy i mean Tomaj was full of energy um Tomaj probably gave up a few more rebounds big rebounds than uh, hanson in the last couple of years but but hanson just has this calming influence on the team he's a good communicator with his defensemen um he he knows you know when when he has to cover the puck up in a situation where you know maybe you don't want him to get the defensemen and the forwards running around in your own zone uh he he just has that innate ability to do that and you know, in his three years at Union, especially his last season when they weren't very good, I mean, he had four or five, maybe six games where he was making at least 30 saves in a game. A few of them he had to make 50. I mean, he almost stole their uh, first-round ECAC playoff series against Yale because he was so good a couple of years ago. But he's been a nice fit, and... uh and this is a young man who's a basketball junkie. He, uh, on the back of his mask, and, John, you'll see this on the, over the weekend when Hanson plays against Merrimack, uh, on the back of his mask, he has paintwork of basketball players in the past. He's had Allen Iverson. Uh, I forget who the second one was, but as a UConn Husky, he has Maya Moore and Kemba Walker on the back of his mask because he's such a basketball junkie, and he can't wait to see a game at Gamble.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we will look for that, uh, particularly, you know, the first game Friday night. And I wanted to touch on Johnny Evans, too, because last year, Bob, when Merrimack and UConn got together, particularly down uh, in stores, they didn't play in Hartford last year, but uh, UConn uh, beat Merrimack handily uh, down there. And uh, Johnny Evans had a career game. He had four goals and he always seems to uh, post some big numbers against Merrimack. Uh, How special is that player and how important is he to coach Kavanaugh's offense?
1: Well, he's very important. Um again, I mean he, he's getting offense, he's getting shots. I mean he has 44. That's a second on the team when to Mark Gatt comes 46. So the shots are there. They're just not happen to be going this season. And one trait that Mike Cavanaugh has raved about him, I mean he put a lot of time in the work in the weight room between his sophomore and junior season to take that next step up. And he's become a really good 200-foot player. He's out there on the penalty kill a lot. He's out there on the power play, obviously. Uh, he's a pretty good guy in the face-off dot. And as long as he continues to play the full 200 feet, you know, uh, be somewhat physical with his frame—it's not very big—but he uses it. Uh, he's going to be a key piece of this team. Now, all all they need him to do is is get going in the scoring department. Now, that's having said that. Other guys have picked up the slack, you know, with with Torberg's nine, five from Gatcombe, five from first off, and the uh, four from Nick Capone, who's starting to come on as a sophomore. You know, he um, he's tripled his goal total from from uh, his first year out We only scored one. But if they get Johnny Evans going, uh, I, I can see big things going on with this UConn team because one thing, uh, you know, Mike has always has always said this team's got to get gr- get gritty. They've got to get dirty in front of the net, and there are times in games. You don't see enough of that. But uh, in, in the game against Colgate, they got that. And the wins against Maine, they were able to do that. And they got to get the power play going, too. And I think that's another aspect of Johnny's game where, you know, he just, they, they just need to get, get him the puck, continue to shoot it, and hopefully good things happen.
0: Well, let's talk about the, the, the defensive core. There's a guy that jumps out at me, Ryan Wheeler. Uh, he was recently named Defender of the Week in Hockey East. Uh, what have you seen from UConn's D, and, and do you feel it's the strength of the team?
1: can no you know what it's i don't know i still think the forge are the strength of the team because of the depth they have there but the the core defensemen are a good group uh you know you mentioned Ryan i mean this is a young man who who easily could have or wanted to enter the transfer portal last season but things you know didn't work out for him and mike wanted to keep him mike Kavanaugh, the head coach he decided to stay and with some injuries uh they came, were down to six healthy defensemen he has made the most of his opportunity he has uh, gotten a little bit better in, in getting into the rush offensively, picking his spots, You know, defense first, and then pick your spots offensively. And it's paid off for him with a couple of goals and a couple of assists on the season. Uh, he's usually been par- paired up with uh, Jared Gurley or uh, Harrison Reese. Gurley has been a fantastic addition to the team, the transfer from Arizona State, from Calgary, Alberta. He has been that stabilizing force. In the group of defensemen, uh, Harrison Reese has gotten a little more offensive in that department. Usually, it's John Spetz and uh, Carter Berger who have been the have been the offensive of this defenseman. But you know, when Mike uh, when I mentioned about uh, Wheeler, you know, these other guys are just finding their spots, picking their spots, getting into the rush when they can, as long as they have people covering for them. And uh, Roman Canal has been staunch. He he's back uh, in his second full season healthy after having a blood clot a couple of years ago where he didn't play. He he has been physical, a stabilizing force on that blue line. So and and the penalty kills better, John. I think that's that's a that's the biggest thing. They're up about eighty five percent now, uh, through the first fourteen games, which is very good. I mean, last year they were in the mid seventies, mid to low seventies which if you're going to take that next step to be one of the elite teams in hockey East, they had to improve that. And so far they have, but the defensive core for the most part, John has been, has been stable. I think the biggest thing on both ends, offense and defense is puck possession and taking care of the puck and managing the puck. If they do that, well, then good things happen when when they don't get that uh, going like they didn't against Boston College or the first game against Lowell in that two-game series. uh, Bad things happen to them, and bad things happen to any team in college hockey who does that. But uh, as long as they're doing that and they've done a better job of that the last two games, good things will happen.
0: Well, you mentioned the power play has struggled, Bob. I believe they're uh, five for thirty-seven on the power play right now. Um, is there anything that you could possibly point to uh, or identify that that might be the cause of the struggle, or is it just a case of, you know, hey, the, the goals will come, and we they just have to keep uh, fighting?
1: Well, a lot of times when things aren't going well, they're only getting one shot and done, if even that. You know, on a rush up the ice, or I you mean, know, like they've had issues establishing the offensive end, but when they have been able to establish the offensive end and keep the pressure going with, with multiple shots, that then that's when they've been at their best. Now, sure. A goaltender will make a lot of great saves and, or, or, or the defense will make a lot of blocks on a, on a power play to keep you kind from scoring, but uh, they've got to get, you know, get more pucks to the net. They've got to get some dirty goals. I mean, ever since uh was it the Providence game at the end of last season, last regular season game, when Jakom Connelly scored three power play goals, all within five feet of the net? You know he he's become a big guy in the middle, where they've got to take care. You know where where teams have got to really try to get him out of out of the goaltender's way to uh, you know prevent screens and tips and that sort of thing. But sometimes I think John too, I think sometimes UConn tries to get too cute on the power play. You know you got a lot of European guys on the team, Western Canadians who love to score. Uh, you know they gotta get they gotta get gritty goals. I'm not sure they get enough of those and that, that's just part of the whole thing i mean you, you know you know everybody loves that beautiful goal, but if you don't score the gritty goals, you're not gonna be successful and Another thing too that I've seen lately too, John, they've had a ton of breakaways mm-hmm. from since okay. the main series on, and they have not converted on breakaways. They have just for whatever reason i mean you only get one shot on a breakaway, obviously, and the goaltender either comes up big or you try to You know, shoot five hole and the goalie makes it look easy. But there's a lot of chances that they have not capitalized on those breakaways this season, and and that's another thing. But the power play, you know, just comes down to to want. It comes down to, uh, you know, getting yourself in front, you know, scoring those dirty goals, and and the more they get, the better.
0: Bob, I noticed you called a couple of games up in Alphond Arena in Orono. I'm curious to get your take on uh, those games. We were up there a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, Certainly a unique place to call hockey, isn't it?
1: It is. It was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, from where we broadcast, and you know this, John, you can only really see maybe an eighth of the student section. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. the upper section because of the way the, the building is set up in the corners. But the atmosphere, the sound was was uh, excellent. Uh, two really good games between the two teams. Saturday, I think qualitative wise from a UConn standpoint, was much better than Friday. Friday, they gave up a lot of odd man rushes. And, Han- and Darian Hansen had to come up big and save their bacon. And they scored a couple of power play goals to uh to get the win but yeah it's great atmosphere the fans are fully engaged particularly the student section thankfully the weather was good so uh, i had no travel issues because saturday night after saturday's game i drove down to portland got a couple of hours of sleep thankfully the clocks were turning back that day and i had to be back in stores for a women's basketball game at one o'clock on sunday but that trip was a lot of fun uh, the one downside is when you're driving between 10 and midnight between Orno and Portland and you see all those moose warning signs, Absolutely. you have the high beams on and your eyes are going back and forth thinking, you know, looking for movement, but thankfully I did not see any. But it was a fun atmosphere at uh, I if, if you had never been up there for a game, I would strongly consider it.
0: Well, you know, like I said, we were up there a couple of weeks ago, and usually when, when I go up well, with my wife, we usually come back uh, during daylight hours. We'll spend the night and uh, come back. Of course, you had the commitment to do a game, but... Uh, yeah, no, that that's quite the place, and it's always fun to go up there. But since we're talking about arenas, Bob, I thought uh, I'd ask you about the update on the new arena in stores. How is it coming? It looks like this is going to be the final year in Hartford, right? And uh, so how are things going with the new building, and, and maybe you can update us.
1: Yeah, the steel's going up as we speak. I think the last beam is going to be up within the next couple of weeks, and I know there's going to be a ceremony for that. Uh, I want to say December 11th, but I am not 100% sure on that. Uh, And as no, it's not the end of hockey in Hartford. Once the building's set, they're gonna play, still play some big later season games in Hartford. But I would say any early season game, at least in the first half of the season, you better be playing that on campus. Um, I can't wait to see, like say maybe an early season game with BU or BC in that barn. It the, the atmosphere is just gonna be off the charts. It's gonna be small, intimate. Uh, the fans are going to be right on top of you, and I and I just can't wait to see it happen. And hopefully uh, it'll be ready to go by the start of next season. But certainly if not, uh, they're looking at January 2023 at the latest.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I think uh, when Providence comes down, I think that's going to be huge, too, because those are the two southernmost schools in Hockey East. And I really think Providence and UConn could develop a pretty good rivalry.
1: You know, John, I, I've always, you know, I, I asked Mike about that, about who the rivalry is is for UConn. Providence obviously makes sense. UMass certainly makes sense. Those would be the two logical ones for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, they always have great games with BU in recent years, but, you know, they have BC and Northeastern as their arch rivalries, but the two I really think for UConn would be Providence and UMass, you know, as long as uh, the progression continues to go for UConn, uh, that's a big step. And, and I can't even still uh, – it's hard to believe that within five years with UMass and the turnaround that they've had with Greg Carvel. He's done just such a phenomenal job there to to get them where they are at this point.
0: Yeah, in fact, we'll see UMass after you guys. We have a Wednesday night game with them, and uh, so that should be a lot of fun. But I wanted to get your your take on the league this year as a whole, uh, Bob. But you take a look at the standings, and oh, there's no big surprise here. I mean, the teams are bunched together. Uh, uh, UConn is sixth in the league right now, but they're only five points behind Providence for the top spot. You know, BU and Merrimack are right behind UConn at 11 points each. Uh, and I know, you know, you talk about Maine and Vermont, how they've struggled, but uh, – you know, I think they'll, they'll certainly win a few more games before all is said and done. But, uh, you know, we've talked about how competitive this league is, how strong it is from top to bottom. And once again, we're seeing evidence of it this season. There are no easy games in Hockey East.
1: No, and I think BC obviously found that out the first weekend when it went up to, to uh, Burlington, I think Philip Laganov was a, was a big get for Vermont. Yeah, still, granted, they're 2-9 on the season, and Maine's only won one game. Maine, you know, obviously is in a, in a coaching change because of a tragic death to Red Gendron. Ben Barr's taken over. They've got some talent, but maybe the system that, that Ben wants to, you know, implement is not exactly uh, what the style is of the players that he currently has. Uh, you know, UConn played great against BU. Uh, I, I guess the thing with BU is the net mining, which I, I found really uh, hard because uh, was it Comesso, the uh, net miner for BU? To is that that name something? Drew uh, yep. Comesso, right? Yep. Yep. He played great. He played great against us in the game in Hartford, the first uh, Hockey East game of the season, and then UConn uh, went up and routed BU up at Aganis for the second straight time, which I found baffling. And UConn got a, got the better of Northeastern. You know the teams that they have yet to solve on a consistent basis in Hockey East are B.C. and Providence. Uh, they played a really good game against B.C. here, lost 2-1, to one, and then they went to Providence, and, and, the, and the Friars put a pretty good hurt on the Huskies uh, that second night. Uh, Mike thought they played well, but, you know, they, P.C. got a couple of breaks, but, you know, I watched the game, and, you know, I thought P.C. certainly dominated. I've yet to see UMass in person, and you know what you're going to get from Lowell every year. I mean, Lowell and, you know, what, what they do up in Lowell, I think that's – That's one of the great success stories of this conference. You know, everybody talks about Providence and UMass and and the Boston schools, but it seems like, John, every year when you get to the nitty-gritty, Lowell's always in the top four at the end of the season, or especially when you get to the Hockey East playoffs. They're usually in the semifinals or, or in last year's case, getting to the final last season. So, uh, yeah, you can't take a night off in this league. Mike Cavanaugh is absolutely right. You know, you cherish every win you get in Hockey East and savor it because every win you get – is not easy to come by. This is a good league top to bottom, and you better show up and be ready to go each and every night.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned Lowell because I think they're a team that's uh, flying under the radar just a little bit. They've played the second fewest games in the conference, but you know, you look at the Riverhawks, they've lost only one game in conference play, and that was to you guys. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but, uh, you know, Norm Bazin, you can't argue with his track record. And uh, the Riverhawks, they're going to be a top echelon team. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen them in quite a while. We didn't play them last year, oddly enough. They were only eight miles away from our campus. But uh, because of COVID, you know, we didn't play them. And we're going to play them, uh, I believe, in January. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. You talk about those Boston schools, Providence. But, you know, Lowell has to be in that conversation.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they get to the tournament a good chunk of, of of the time. They've had great success in the tournament. And in Hockey East, I mean, you know, look, like I said, they show up in the semifinals. I mean, last year, they pushed UMass to a 1-0 game. I'm still convinced, John, that, that the Lowell's comeback against B.C. in the semifinals, if I'm not mistaken, up at the B.C., where they came back, storming back, they won in double overtime. I think that took a lot out of BC. Um, and then they lost a, you know, after they had a buy in the first round. I think because of COVID, they went on and lost their their first NCAA tournament game. And that's because of what Lowell was able to do. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, Norm just churns out winning teams year after year. They're so good defensively, and it's tough to score on them. And, and UConn found that out with two hard fought games against the Riverhawks and they were lucky to get that two one win in Hartford to get them going. And they did that without first off or Evans in the lineup. So they had to grind one out and get get to production from some other people, which they did. But yeah, I mean, you know, you know, everybody talks about the flash of the Boston schools, the flash of Providence, but every year Lowell's always there. And that's impressive. And
0: I'll tell and they you have a
1: great barn too.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you a team to keep an eye on, too. And I just, I saw them Saturday night because I filled in on their radio broadcast. Uh, That's Northeastern. You've got to watch this kid, Devin Levi. He's got five shutouts in his first 15 collegiate games. He's already tied the school record for most shutouts in a season. Uh, This kid's the real deal. And, Bob, you talk about uh, defense and goaltending winning championships. If that's the case, Northeastern's in great shape.
1: They are, I was shocked the way UConn beat up on him up there. They scored five goals on Levi when they played a weeknight game up there. I mean, it's early in the season, and Levi had just come off, I think, a shutout, had come off back-to-back shutouts, or at least one anyways. But, uh, yeah, UConn made him look ordinary. Huskies have had a lot of success at Northeastern and at BU lately, which is is great to see. But uh, Northeastern's got a lot of weapons up front. They've got mobile defensemen. I mean, it's a crapshoot this year who's going to win this league. I can't wait to see January and February kind of develop and see how everything plays out.
0: Absolutely. We're talking with Bob Joyce. He is the radio voice of UConn men's hockey. Merrimack and UConn set to battle this weekend Friday at Lala Rink in North Andover, and then Saturday back down at the Excel Center in Hartford. You're listening to Airing It Out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. And, uh, Bob, I'd like to just quickly ask you about the Connecticut Ice Hockey Tournament that's going to be coming up a little bit later on. It's a chance for the four Connecticut teams to get together in a tournament, Sacred Heart, Yale, Quinnipiac, and, of course, UConn. Uh, Really, what a great idea for uh, Connecticut to get everybody together and play some hockey. Uh, How is that coming uh, along, and uh, does UConn know their first opponent yet?
1: they do. They get Yale in the first game. In fact, they're the first game of the two on Saturday, which, uh, you know, normally that would be an excellent matchup, but boy, Yale really got hit by COVID and all the transfers they've got. What did I hear? Like, uh, more than at least 10 of their players are first year hockey, you know, first year college hockey players. And they've had a tough season down in new Haven. Hopefully they get the ship right in time for Connecticut ice, but, Um, You know what you're going to get from Quinnipiac sacred heart is still a pain in the butt to play. UConn beat them finally on opening day to end. I think it was a seven or eight game winless slide against the pioneers who won the inaugural tournament two years ago, but it's a great atmosphere in Bridgeport. They, uh, they sold a decent amount of tickets for that first event. It's on SNY. They make a big uh, commitment to that event. So, uh, you know, that's a big push too to help promote Connecticut hockey. And I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we're going to be able to air the championship game as long as UConn takes care of their business against Yale. But, uh, yeah, I mean, great event, well promoted, and it's more than just the two college hockey games. They they get the, the youth involved. Uh, they have youth events going on in Bridgeport at the same time um like prior to the first game so yeah it's a, it's a well-organized event and now you just got to see and make sure it keeps going each and every year because it's just a great way to promote the college game here in the state
0: i wanted to ask you about yale because merrimack will be there on new year's day i've never been to that arena i'm going to be going as a fan where, where we uh we're told we we cannot broadcast on the road this season merrimack uh unfortunately uh not uh permitting that but uh, i'm going to be there and uh I just want to get your sense of of that building and and what to expect.
1: Oh, it's a great barn for hockey. It's kind of, in a way, reminds you a little bit of Al Fond up in Maine. Um, it, the roof's a lot different. It looks like when you when you see it for the first time, you're gonna think the roof kind of reminds you of the hull of a Viking ship. It's all wood. It's well done, and then you walk in. It's 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 intimate, very intimate. They have the uh, Connecticut High School Hockey Championships there each and every year. Uh, You won't be disappointed, John. It's it's a fun building to watch a game. The sound is amazing in that building, and uh, hopefully you get uh, some quality hockey to watch. And you said New Year's Day, correct?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll be at Harvard on the 2nd. And I'm looking forward to uh, doing a game up there.
0: Yeah, make sure you ma- make sure you bring your warm jacket. Harvard is uh, one yeah. of the coldest <laughs> rinks I've, I think I've ever done a game in. But, uh, you know, we talk about hockey arenas in Connecticut. You know, uh, Sacred Heart's getting a new one too, right? They're, they're getting a new building. They are. Uh, Merrim- yep. Merrimack will play down there next year, but they're not going to play in the new rink. But uh, I think Sacred Heart will open up against BC, the first game they play there. But, uh, well, exciting times down in Connecticut uh, in terms of the hockey. And so uh, looking forward to the Sacred Heart experience as well that's another place on the road i've never been to
1: yeah where do they play bridgeport
0: yes yep
1: okay yeah yeah you'll like bridgeport bridgeport's a good arena it's a good multi-purpose arena the uh, american hockey league the islanders uh minor league team plays there right now that's right sacred art does still play their home games there uh it's a great venue it holds 75 eight thousand for college hockey uh i know the women's regionals have been there on numerous occasions including uh, this upcoming year. So it's like a, it's like a home crowd for UConn uh, for women's basketball. And they've actually played some regular season games in the past there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a nice arena. It's uh, well-built, perfect size for, for what they're doing, and, and they do a great job organizing the events down there.
0: All right, Bob, let me get your thoughts about this weekend between UConn and Merrimack. How do you see this thing playing out? Obviously, Lala Rink is, is a difficult place for visiting teams to play. Uh, UConn has had some success in that building over the years, and, of course, the return game uh, Saturday afternoon down in Hartford. Uh, give me a sense of how you think it's going to play out.
1: Well, I haven't done a whole lot with hockey in the last couple of weeks only because I've been doing a lot of basketball. But I've been keeping up with Mike. Um you know look they've got to get, they've got to get off to good starts that's that's number 1 either team you know to be successful get off with good starts uh stay away from stick penalties that drives coaches nuts especially mike you know make sure they're rolling out four lines take care of the puck good puck management you know stuff like that um, keep doing a good job with the penalty kill and as long as Darian Hansen's back there i would think they'll be in good shape i would have to think at some point john Uh, Logan Turnus or or the other goaltender would have to get a little bit of playing time, but maybe maybe not. We'll see, but uh, you know, Hanson's been a workhorse so far. He's been really good, and maybe Mike's just going to ride the hot hand for the remainder of the season, but I would expect another tough Hockey East weekend for both teams battling for, you know, for six points on the weekend and see how it plays out. But uh, I would I would expect some more grinded out hockey from both teams this weekend. That's the way Hockey East usually is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I agree. And and it would not shock me if if there was a split this weekend. But I know for Mike Cavanaugh, you know, it's it's nice for him because Mike's a North Andover resident, and and I know it, it's it's got to be fun for him to be able to come home and and uh, watch from a Merrimack or, you know, where he's from. So uh, I imagine that's something he's going to look forward to quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And obviously, you know, UConn's in this battle right now, you know, they're like in the middle of the pack. They want to get become one of the upper echelon teams in hockey East. And, you know, if they want to do that, you've got to beat the teams, you know, like you've got to beat the Vermont's, you got to beat the Maine's, you got to beat the New Hampshire's Um, the teams below you. You've got to take care of, Because you know, when you get to playing Providence and UMass and Lowell and BC and BU, those games aren't going to be easy. And this weekend won't be easy either. I mean, when Mike, you know, when Mike's team went up and swept Maine, you know, he he thought qualitatively that Friday game was not very good. They were lucky to get away with the win. But then he watched the podcast uh, maybe three days later with Peyton Manning talking about, you know, any win in the NFL is to be cherished because they're hard to come by and, you know, he thought about it and it's like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the, the mental attitude you've got to have. Any win you get in Hockey East, no matter who the opponent is, where the opponent is, where they are in the standings, has to be valued. And this is a big weekend for them because they want to finish this, you know, the first half up strong you know, before that uh, that layoff comes in December where they get a break for exams and just to get some R&R. So uh, I think these next two weekends are vital for UConn, not only against Merrimack, but then they play a home-and-home against AIC, which is no slouch out of Atlanta hockey.
0: Yeah, I, I think I talked to you also. Uh, you, you uh, I don't think you'll be covering the games this weekend. Is that correct?
1: No, unfortunately, with the way the Big East basketball schedule plays out, um, I'm actually going to be at Seton Hall for women's basketball Friday night. When you guys are at Lawler and then uh, Saturday, we've got a men's game. So you might actually see me there on Saturday, but uh, we'll not be broadcasting the game. No. And we're only allowed 15 games this year, John. Uh, once this, once the basketball schedules came out, it took, you know, all, all the games that the UConn women play on Fridays now, because they play Friday, Sunday, most of the part for the weekends. Uh, it took away a lot of our Friday games. So it's been very creative putting the schedule together this season for sure. But uh, you might see me on Saturday.
0: Uh, Great stuff. So uh, your your winter schedule, does it involve just basketball or hockey, or is there anything else besides that?
1: Uh, No, right now basketball and hockey. Uh, Football's done. You know, November's the craziest month of the year because all the four sports that we broadcast converge. Um, In fact, uh, I'll give you a little story. Well, I was in the Bahamas last weekend for the women's tournament, we had a football game in Orlando against UCF and the men's basketball team was home against Binghamton. I actually had to recruit my son from the parent company Learfield in Winston-Salem. He came up and did the men's game for us with our program director here at the radio station, and the football crew was down in Orlando. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we had three games going on, two simultaneously. So, yeah, it's it's just the most hectic time of the year for us uh, from November 1st to, say, December 11th. It's insanity. It really is, but it's a lot of
0: fun, I like, and I missed it last year. Yeah, I like those stories of keeping it in the family. I had Tim Neverd on a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, of course, his sons are involved with the uh, AAA ball out in Las Vegas, so they're following in his footsteps. But, uh, Bob, i, I got to let you go because we're, we're up against the clock, but I wanted to thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. I'm sorry that I won't get to meet you for the first time this weekend, but I'm holding out hope that that's going to happen uh, down the road. Uh, Merrimack and Yukon this weekend, Friday in North Andor, over Saturday back in Hartford. Uh, Bob, thanks again for being with us, and uh, I look forward to having you back on the podcast down the road.
1: John, my pleasure. Anytime, and happy holidays to you and your family.
0: Same to you, Bob. All right. You've been listening to airing it out. Files from Leahy's broadcast booth. My special guest, the radio voice of UConn men's hockey, Bob Joyce. Next week, Merrimack has a Wednesday game against UMass at Lotto Rink. We'll be joined by Adam Frenier, who is the third member of the UMass hockey broadcast team. Until we talk to you next week, so long, everyone, and thanks for listening. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria, which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.